We're back. <laughs> we are back. This is going to be your favorite episode to date. It is. My favorite topic of all time, amino acids. Amino acids. Exciting topic for you. You've been um, hanging for this topic for, well, we're 10 episodes in, so you haven't been hanging that long, but pretty cool topic, amino acids. A lot of people have heard of them, but don't know what they are or what they do. Um, so today we're going to break it down. We're going to look at what are amino acids, um, some of the roles and purposes that amino acids have in the body, different types of amino acids and the functions that they have. We'll try to cover off as much as we can, but keep it fairly fairly simple so our listeners can understand. Yeah. So um, amino acids are actually my favorite thing in the world. Uh, you know, I was actually on a game show once <laughs> and uh, a game show called Mastermind. Oh, I thought it might have been like Wheel of Fortune or something. Uh, no, I wish. But um, Mastermind, a big, um, a big quiz show, really. It's a big deal. Um, it's probably the hardest quiz show you can you can go on, and um, basically you pick one topic, any topic, and they can ask you any question about it. Yep. And uh, you have ninety seconds to kind of prove your your knowledge on it. And you chose amino acids. And I chose the amino acids. You big nerd, you. Yeah, you know, uh, it's one thing I know a little bit about, and you know. I guess all the other topics I've been talking about, I know a thing or two, but amino acids is really, you know, something that I, I studied in quite a lot of detail and you actually used to make, once upon a time, used to make antibiotics and things out of amino acids and peptides. Well, peptide amino uh, antibiotics, but yeah. Nice. It's do you, cool. Do you dream about amino acids when you're sleeping? Is that is that a common dream for you? Well, actually, you dream about amino acids when you're sleeping because neurotransmitters are made from amino acids. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> 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 there you go. So we all dream about amino acids. Exactly. They're highly relevant and um, and applicable to everyone, really. And so many different functions in the body. We, we're not going to go close to covering anywhere near today. So we'll, we'll we'll keep it focused on. We'll keep it high level. Yeah. Keep it high level. Keep it focused on sports. We might touch on some of the other health benefits later on if we get through everything. But um, let's cue. To a clip of you in Mastermind, New Zealand. How long ago was this? This was four years ago. Oh. Almost exactly so four So not years that ago. long ago. Well, so I, had, you were, I, I had hair back were then. You, <laughs> were you like nine in this clip? Were you, were you like the Doogie Howes of, of amino acids? No, no. I was. Um, I think now I've been 29 for almost three years in a row. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's close to 29. Let's, All right. that way. Let's check this out. Welcome back to Mastermind time for our fourth contender to please come to the chair. Were you nervous at this point walking up to the chair? Butterflies? Uh, and your name, like please? A different kind of nervous. Tyrion Dunraj. I was like, your occupation? Like zone, you know? Product development chemist. Well, you got your name right. And your yeah. specialist subject, the amino acids. So 90 seconds on the amino acids. What Starting nervous. Now. Amino acids are the chemical building blocks of proteins. What was the last essential amino acid to be discovered? Threonine. Correct. Derived from a Greek word meaning set in motion, what is the name of the substances in animals and plants that regulate specific activities such as growth and reproduction? Um, pass. I was nervous. What standard amino acid has an imidazole side chain that allows it to function as both an acidic and basic catalyst under the conditions found in the human body? Histidine. Correct. What is the name for the level of acidity at which a particular amino acid carries no net electrical charge? Isoelectric point. Correct. Which hormone was first isolated in 1921 by Canadian scientists Frederick Banting and Charles Best? 
Serotonin. No, insulin. Which two standard amino acids are both polar and contain an aliphatic hydroxyl group? Um, Theranine and serine. Correct. What sodium salt of glutamic acid is commercially prepared for use as a flavor enhancer? Monosodium glutamate. Correct. What name is given to the... Oh, no. Oh, no. It's cut off. Fibrous protein that constitutes the outermost layer of skin, hair, and nails. Keratin. Correct. Isoleucine is one of the amino acids essential to the process of repairing and healing muscle tissue. How many carbon atoms does a molecule of isoleucine contain? Counting. Six. Correct. What well, name is given to the covalent bond which links the amine group of one amino acid to the carboxyl group of another, resulting in the elimination of water? You may answer. Peptide bond. Correct. Darren, just the one past question derived from the Greek word meaning set in motion, the name of the substances that uh, regulate specific activities in animals, they are, of course, hormones. They're oh, in Dunwich. You've got eight points. Got the Thank you. We'll see you later in the show. Pressure, though. Yeah. Pressure. It's, it's one thing answering those questions sitting in this sort of environment. Yeah. But when you're um, sitting in a chair, those um, camera angles, though, the yeah. close-ups. Yeah, I know. Wow. Some, some deep stuff. But um, You did well. You did well. I actually came second in the, um, in, on, the, on the show. The guy that beat me, his specialist topic... American Civil War, and he knew every outpost and everything. So he, wow. was, he was a historian. What do you What do you get if you win? Um, it's more about prestige. So sec <laughs> second place, you get a job as um, product development <laughs> um, manager Pre in uh, pretty advice. much. Yeah, lifetime yeah, supply of amino acids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually one of the prizes is actually the chair that you sit on. It's a very expensive chair. <laughs> was that for last place? <laughs> that, that was first place. <laughs> there were some other prizes in there. So. <laughs> Yeah. Now that was pretty cool to see. So, um, yeah, we're not just talking to some dummy here. We've got an, an amino acid specialist. So, um, there are people that know a lot more about amino acids than me. But you know, I, I've learned from some very smart people. Well, in my time. Now that we've showed that clip, it's time for redemption. We're actually going to launch Masashi Mind. Oh shit! <laughs> we've got some questions here for you. Are you ready? I don't know. I don't know if I am. But <laughs> you know, Masashi has been the leader in amino acids for a long time. You know, uh, that's really where Musashi started. And I don't know if you can zoom in on this mm -hmm. book a little bit, but um, we used to, you know, we published this um, essential guide to amino acids in 99 and sold it for $15 a piece. And I think it was... It was bestseller, New York uh, Times bestseller. I, I think so. I think it was the number one book of the century, <laughs> if, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, essential word. reading for everybody. It's um, Masashi has um, hinged itself on amino acids since the beginning, and um, and not just for sports performance, for a, lo a lot of other health benefits. There was t there was a time that we had basically a product for every single amino acid, yeah, um, and a, a lot were used for for health reasons. Hmm. Um, so it's pretty cool. I think these days the amino acids come more in blended style products for sports performance it's typically yeah yeah it's rare that people will buy six different types of amino acids for uh, to combine together for a pre-workout or something like that but yeah. some people still do but um you know we uh we we formulate it for our, our consumers and try and make life a bit easier because it's not exactly everybody's um first language amino acids let's put it that way no and look but if you're involved in, in sports or you, you have um, sports nutrition products, you, you would have heard of amino acids. So w what are, let's kick into it. What are amino acids? I'm going to ask some fairly basic questions and I know your depth of knowledge is 
Yeah, so we, I guess we really. kind of talked about this. We don't want to dive too deep in, you know, because it'll just get boring and confusing. So mm. we'll see if we can do some justice. And I think we'll probably have some follow-up episodes in the future where we do dive a bit deeper. But You're going to make amino acids exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so amino, Good luck. amino acids are life, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's gone deep straight away. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> Come on, they are life. Like um, well, you are amino acids, you know, apart from water. Um, the most abundant thing in your body is protein and protein is amino acids. So I think I've used this analogy quite a few times, but if you think of protein, like a, a paragraph or a chapter of a book, peptides are words and amino acids are letters of the alphabet. And there are 20 letters in this alphabet of proteins. So 20 proteinogenic amino acids. Mm-hmm. Where do they come from? But where, where did, how did amino acids, how are we made up of amino acids? Um, so, um, it comes back to um, to chemistry, right? So um, amino acids uh, have a very similar chemical structure to each other. So they all have an amino group, which is nitrogen-based, and an acid group, which is carboxylic acid, right? So they have these two chains, and then they have something else called um, an R group. R isn't a fancy uh, chemical on the periodic table. R is the side chain which defines the amino acid. So this R group, is different for every single amino acid. And where do they come from? Well, um, um, you know, bacteria produce amino acids, and really, this is thought of one of the very first um, stages of evolution. And you know, the how um, you know we 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 materialized from you know these chemical elements into um, what we have today. But um, you know, where do they come from? They found amino acids on meteorites that hit the Earth. So you know, they're not unique to Earth. Uh, if there's amino acids on meteors, you know, that means there could be amino acids on other planets. And so so you'd, you'd have to think amino acids have been around for as long as time, yeah. for as long as Earth. Exactly. Well, potentially, maybe not as long as Earth, but very, very soon after. And, you know, some of the probes that are sent to Mars are actually looking specifically for amino acids because that's a good indicator of life. I mean, w- without amino acids, there's no life as we know it, right? So... We get all our amino acids in our products from meteorites, or um, yep. So, <laughs> nah. how do we? How how are? Um, where do they come from? From a sports nutrition perspective, like in your sports products, they're they're obviously made through a process. Yeah. So um, there's two typical methods where you can um, make amino acids or get amino acids from, and this is similar to a lot of other ways. So you could synthetically make an amino acid, um, you know, from fer- bacterial fermentation. You know, glucose fermentation, things like that. And you know, specifically, you can um, um, tailor this process to make specific amino acids. Or you can extract it. You can extract it from natural sources. Excuse me. Um, so one of the natural sources includes, like, feather, you know, like um, duck feather, for example. You could extract it from this and um, ultimately reach the same goal. So, you know, you could build it up or you can take it down, extract it. And, you know, some people are like, oh, duck feather, that's kind of gross. But, you know, same people that are kind of, um, you know, obviously a lot of people have this um, appeal to nature when nature is best. So, you know, when it comes from a duck feather, it's, it's from nature. When it comes from, um, you know, synthetically made, um, you know, it's, it's a bigger question, what is natural? But, yeah. yeah. So we get our amino acids from all kinds of things. But, you know, the majority of amino acids come from fermentation. So amino acids are sort of most commonly described as like the building blocks of protein, right? Yeah. 
what are some of the core roles and functions that amino acids, I know probably everything yeah. that they have in our body? Okay, so From a sports per- perspective initially. So from a sports perspective, well, let's take it even a, a step back, a step higher than this, right? So um, everybody knows about DNA, right? Your DNA is unique to you. It's basically, you know, that's how t- people think of DNA, you know, your unique um, code of your body. But what DNA is, is a script, right? So, you know, we kind of just talked about this alphabet and this um, chapter of the book. Well, DNA is a script of your body to write the story of your body, right? So, um, you know, keep listening to this podcast. You're going to be writing some Shakespeare with this, your amino acids. But, um, is this making sense, Hal? No. Is your DNA dyslexic? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the DNA in your body, basically, think of it like a script that's actually open to interpretation. Like, um, you know, like think of the old school Romeo and Juliet written by Shakespeare and then think of the modern one with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? But they both have the same script, but um, the difference is, you know, how you, what you do in your life, how that script is translated. So DNA is directly translated into amino acids. Right, so your body synthesizes protein based on the script of your DNA. So you know you've got um, you've got all these proteins in your body. You know your hair, your skin, your organs. Um, you don't have hair. What do you call this? <laughs> <laughs> That's taken a year to grow. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, basically everything, you know. And importantly, when it comes to training, your muscles are all um, you know made out of protein. They are. So, um, so amino acids are vital for any anyone training, anyone doing any sports, any athletes. Absolutely vital. And from a recovery perspective, from a performance perspective, so each there's a lot of different types of amino acids. You mentioned there's 20? Yeah, so there's 20 amino acids, like letters of the alphabet, that can make all of these proteins of your body, right? All so, th- so there's two, sorry to interrupt then. Um, I just want to try and break this down for... Yeah, please interrupt me this time because <laughs> I might, you know, uh, go, go down the rabbit hole. I know, Hal's abused me if I keep in- interrupting you, but um, I'll try not to. But I've got a, a, a question. Um, 20 different amino acids. Some people have heard of uh, essential and non-essential. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's where you were heading. That's exactly where I was heading with that. So, yeah. um, But even one step before that, 20 amino acids. But even beyond this 20, there are amino acids that aren't found in proteins. So there is an even larger number of amino acids beyond this 20. So what do they call those? Those are non-protein or non-proteinogenic amino acids. And give me an example of one or two. A uh, common example is beta-alanine, for example. Beta-alanine is an amino acid. You know, people supplement with it, but it's not really found in any proteins in your body. Mm-hmm. It has like a physiological effect when it comes to, you know, um, carnosine and things like that. So the only way you can get it is to ingest it via a supplement? Um, it's not found in any foods and things no, like that? No, well, ones? you can actually synthesize beta-alanine from other amino acids right. in your body. So uh, it gets a bit more complicated. But these 20 amino acids, the 20 letters of the alphabet, um, 11 of them, your body can actually produce itself. Just like beta-alanine, you can shuffle around amino acids and your body has different um, you know, biochemical pathways to make these different amino acids, like arginine, for example. Arginine is uh, a non-essential amino acid. Um, but people like it a lot because it's got all these uh, physiological functions. But you don't need to necessarily um, supplement with too much arginine because your body can regulate this and make it itself. So but those those amino acids are they? Is your body making those from the essential amino acids, or is it just producing them on its own, or is it 
producing them through intake of food or how? Um, typically, if you're getting enough protein, you're going to have enough um, pieces of Lego to make all these different um, amino acids, right? Yep. But um, now the other n- the other um, amino acids, so 11 of them your body can make, nine of them are considered essential amino acids, which means your body can't make them at all. Your body actually, you, you actually have to consume them from the food that you take. And, you know, a lot of proteins, um, you know, whey protein, for example, contains all of the essential amino acids. And um, ensuring that you have enough of these available, make sure, number one, that you don't have any deficiency. Deficiency is quite rare because, you know, unless you're quite malnourished, um, you're not going to be deficient in too many amino acids. But, you know, when you exercise, um, your demands for um, specific amino acids are, are above those of a typical sedent- sedentary person, you know. So that's why athletes are supplementing with additional amino acids on top of their food intake. Precisely, yeah. And of, of those, uh, for sports performance, essentially amino acids or EAAs are spoken about quite a lot. Mm. Um, and there's how many? Nine of those. Yep. And of those, the, the probably the ones that get spoken about the most are BCAAs. Yeah. So why why they stand for branch chain amino acids? So exactly. explain what they are and, and why they are important for supplementation for sports. Okay, people. so, um, you know, I talked about amino acids have this um, similar structure, amino group and a carboxylic acid group. This R group is what's different between all the amino acids. And specifically branch chain amino acids, this R group is a branch a branch of <laughs> it's a big branch it's just like, just like yeah. this. <laughs> it's like a branch of um, um, carbon and hydrogen basically so uh, and this cause this chain is therefore a branched chain you know um, all these other amino acids have different chains different side chains so um, these branch chain amino acids specifically leucine isoleucine and valine very important for um, physiological functions and in particular leucine so Leucine is, um, when it comes to sports and performance, leucine is the king, right? Um, you, in your body, there's this, um, um, this fu- function called muscle protein synthesis, right? So think of this as building up muscle. And um, the only amino acid that can trigger this process is leucine. So one of the BCAs. And that's why leucine is so critically um, you know, important to sports and performance. Plenty of protein sources do have leucine in them. But um, specifically, people like to um, have leucine available in the system at all times. So that's why a lot of people supplement with BCAs and leucine in particular. And with BCAAs, I've seen like a number of different ratios of leucine to isoleucine and valine over the years. We've seen a 2 to 1, 1 and a 4 to 1, 1 and 10 to 1, 1. Like, is there an optimal ratio or does it really matter that much as long as you're getting enough? Um, so um, 2, 1, 1. So Two, two parts leucine, one part isoleucine, one part valine. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the original BCA ratio because this matches physiologically closest to what uh, your muscle is made out of. But, um, you know, because leucine is so important, people have experimented with a higher ratio. So eight parts leucine, one part isoleucine, one part valine, for example. Or even I've seen like um, 12 one, one ratios and things like that. Um, nothing has been shown to be more effective than a 2 one, one ratio of um, leucine to isoleucine and valine. So um, for now, you know, old, old school still, still wins. And, you know, you know the, the logic behind some of these higher ratios was quite good. But um, ultimately, nothing's been shown to be more effective. Because obviously, you know, if you're having um, 10 grams of BCAAs, for example, you know, in a two-on-one ratio, you're getting, um, you know, uh, 
five grams of yeah, five grams of leucine. <laughs> Two point five grams of isoleucine. Ah, two point five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if if <laughs> if this is an eight, like an eight one one ratio, for example, you're getting eight grams of leucine, but you're only getting one gram of each of the other ones. So, um, you know, these other amino acids do have functions, and um, you know, typically at, at ten grams, you're just going to reduce the other quantity. So, you know, why not just have more of the two one one ratio? Uh, so, you recommending people have branched chain amino acids when? When should we be taking them? Before, during, after, all of the above? Um, well, it, it really depends on your goal. But, um, you know, a lot. one thing that people like to measure is recovery. You know, um, we talk about recovery a little bit here, but, you know, what is recovery? Um, recovery, for some people, is this triggering of muscle protein synthesis, you know, um, initiating this whole repair process. Um, you know, recovery, when you think about it, like healing your joints and things, amino acids aren't really going to have too much benefit over there. What they will do is, what BCAs in particular will do is trigger this muscle protein synthesis pathway. Um, people supplement with BCAs um, typically around their workout, so before, during, straight after, um, because you know that's when you want to shift this muscle protein synthesis in your favor. Um, you know. So why are you supplementing with it around that time? Is it is it so? Is it for muscle growth? Is it to prevent muscle tissue breakdown? Is it energy related? What is it? So um, let's introduce some terms called catabolic and anabolic here, right? So uh, catabolic means breaking things down to produce energy, right? Um, anabolic means, um, so think about like Lego, for example, you know, take it apart and it releases some energy. I love Lego. Oh. Dieran obviously loves Lego too. He's probably, how aren't, much? You, aren't you still on the Duplo? Or are you oh, you're you're not ready for Lego <laughs> yet, bro. Yeah, they're, too, they're, too, they're too small for me. Duplo. I might swallow them. Yeah. Oh. Choking acid. Yeah. Um, so... Um, yeah, so what was I saying? So anabolic, right? Yes. So when you when you exercise, obviously you want to produce energy. So you're going to be breaking things down in your body and exercise is inherently catabolic, right? So to shift it in your favor, what determines whether your body's in an anabolic or catabolic state is often um, this balance between muscle protein synthesis and muscle protein breakdown, right? So muscle protein breakdown is, you know, this catabolic process of producing energy and muscle protein synthesis is, you know, putting things back together. So when muscle protein synthesis outweighs muscle protein breakdown, this is called an anabolic state. When uh, muscle protein breakdown outweighs muscle protein synthesis, this is called a catabolic state. So is the aim to always be in an anabolic state? No, because sometimes you need energy, right? Mm -hmm. um, so your, your body's in a, in a state of flux between the two. But if growth and repair is, you know, what you're focusing on, you want to shift into an anabolic state as soon as you don't require this catabolic energy um, production, you know? And this applies for all athletes too. It's not just bodybuilders, right? You you want to remain, like yeah. you want to remain in that state. Exactly. So, um, you know, mu muscle is important for every single sport. Um, you know, we often talk about this three key things when it comes to sport. You know, your, uh, your mental, your... Um, technical and your physical but you know on the physical side muscle is so important no matter what the spot there's different types of muscle slow twitch muscle fast twitch muscle and um you know muscle is going to be critically important no matter what your role is and no matter what sport you play yeah you see it a lot it's, it's probably a forgotten thing with endurance style athletes it's definitely on the forefront of like people in the gym and looking for muscle gain and growth but you you definitely see a lot of endurance style athletes struggle to hold muscle tissue they're, they're doing long lengths of exercise and they're they're obviously yeah. in that catabolic state for long periods of time and i think amino acids for endurance athletes 
are equally as important for those that are looking for muscle growth and strength and things like that. But it's overlooked. Exactly. So, you know, when, when you're in this catabolic state, you, you, you can potentially break down your own muscles. And, you know, um, you know, extended exercise does have this effect of breaking down your muscles. So by supplementing with sufficient amino acids, you know, having enough protein in your diet, or supplementing with amino acids individually, you're going to use these preferentially to, you know, breaking down your own muscles to um, produce this anabolic, I mean, this catabolic energy by breaking um, down proteins in your muscle, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so it prevents your body from using your own own muscle tissue as an energy source. Yeah. So um, anti-catabolic effect, right. like some might call it that. And, you know, another common, very common question people ask is, okay, why don't I just have protein? Instead of free-form amino acids. Instead of free-form amino acids. That was my next question. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Yeah, well, I was, I was, like, obviously, protein contains all the all, all the amino acids. Yeah. The way protein does. Um, so, why? Yeah, why am I using a certain selected uh, amount of free-form amino acids instead of just a protein powder? Like, what's, what's the difference? Yeah, so... Um, um, so, protein, you know, some protein is very high in BCAAs, like whey protein is, you know, really a really good source of leucine and, you know, the other BCAAs, which are important for muscle protein synthesis and recovery. Um, however, when protein, um, you know, in the protein format, um, these amino acids are often peptide bound. So, you know, they're still in their word format. You know, when I say, you know, it's letters of the alphabet, they're not, it's not alphabet soup. They're actually words and there's actually the story, you know, that's in... So you've got amino acids chained together? Chained together. So it's called, um, you know, a peptide. And each amino acid is linked together by a peptide bond. And, um, you know, your body actually has to break this down. So you have enzymes in your stomach called proteases, which chop up this chain like a scissors, right? So in a protein powder, you've got all, say you've got 20 amino acids. Are they all in one long chain or is there different chains? There'll be different chains, peptides. But <coughs> typically, like, um, you know, there are big proteins within whey. Whey is not one singular protein. It's actually a combination of multiple proteins in there. You know, there's like lactalbumin, lactoferrin, like heaps of, heaps of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, So you've got these long chains, so your body has to your, your break body those has, chains. Yeah, your body has to break them down. And, you know, this process, even for a fast digesting protein such as whey, is going to take a few hours because, you know, that's how digestion occurs. So you can have this acid breakdown and you can have, you know, protease enzymes which specifically cut the bond between amino acids. In your stomach, this t- this takes a bit of time, right? Um, so, if you want amino acid availability during your training and immediately before or after your training, um, it um, protein might not be the 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 most efficient way to achieve this. So, you know, if you're having an amino acid supplement, it bypasses the whole step. There's no re- need for protease enzymes to cut this up. So they're already sort of broken down into vid- individual sort of, is that why they call them freeform? Or yeah. Just so the individual letters of the alphabet, and these can be absorbed into your bloodstream directly so they, you know, bypass this entire um, digestion process. Right. Well, that's huge. Yeah. So it especially goes, it goes from intake to absorption rather than intake, digestion, absorption. That's pretty important while you're training and especially with intense training as well because your digestive system, I know I've trained with a lot of people that might have eaten a meal too close to training or too close to a game. Yeah. And they might be burping or they're having, they feel like that food is sitting on their stomach or they're, it, it's because the intensity of your training, your digestive system ac- is actually slowing down. Um, it's it's, it's yeah. redirecting all the blood flow to areas where it needs it, muscle tissue and things like that. So to eliminate that, that digestive process, 
it's pretty important while you're training. Yeah. And, you know, it's also an, an individual thing. Some people can't train mm. with, like, a meal in the stomach. And often, you know, a protein shake is does feel like a meal um, to some people. I know I'm like that. Like, I, I don't like to eat, you know, even, like, two hours before training. I, I You know, some people like to <laughs> eat a meal on, on basically on the way to the gym. But, you know, it's, that's quite an individual thing. Um, but for a lot of people, having, you know, um, having this digestion going on is but uncomfortable, especially if you're trying to perform or train at a high level. And that's where amino acids come in quite nicely as, you know, there's none of this um, heavy digestion going on. It's just um, simple and easy to absorb. And it's obviously the, a great solution for anyone that's training first thing in the morning and doesn't want to sort of eat a meal exactly. or they've got to rush off to get to training or go for a run or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's the, it's the ideal thing to utilize if you don't feel like that meal. Exactly. And, you know, not just protein shakes, you know, protein in the form of food, which should be your main source of protein always, um, has to go through the same process. And, you know, a protein shake is even one step, um, you know, further um, broken down in terms of, you know, how quickly it's absorbed compared to whole food protein, which is often, you know, um, you know, you have to chew it. That's like the first step of um, metabolism or, you know, digestion. Mm-hmm. Is actually chewing it down and um, breaking it down, and your yeah, stomach acid has to break it down before you know these um, proteases can actually affect it. So, so yeah. we're not actually saying replace amino acids, well, replace foods with amino acids. No. They've got their roles, Never. and <laughs> and it's always about timing. There's a, there's a they play a role. Yeah, and it's generally around training time is the ideal time to have them, and that's that's why they're on the market. They're not there to replace food or anything like that. Exactly. Do you think you could for a week or a, a month or so, how long could you not eat anything and only ingest your supplements funny, in pill form? Funny you ask, because um, I've been wanting to dabble in intermittent fasting a little bit, but you know, I noticed that um, my strength was dropping and I actually lost a bit of size because obviously you know, you're not going to have... If you're fasting in a fasting period, like um, um, you know, going without food, you're not going to have this amino acid availability because you're not getting any food or you're not getting any supplements. So what I was doing is just supplementing with essential amino acids during this fast period. Okay. And it made a difference because... Your question though was what if you completely relate replace food uh-huh. with like protein shakes and amino acids yeah. ongoing? Yeah, or even not even just shakes, just anything that you could digest in pill form. <laughs> um not those kind of not, not not recommended, but um, you know it's possible, and it is possible. It's literally what astronauts do. True. Yeah. So they're not eating a steak up in the space station. They are, you know, having. Yeah. So they're having these special amino acid, vitamin, mineral, um, you know, blends to ensure that their nutrition is um, complete. So remaining remaining anabolic is is probably the main function of amino acids for sports people for BCAAs. In- BCAAs, yep. um, glutamine is a popular amino acid. Wait, one more thing on BCAAs is... Oh, he's not finished on no, BCAAs. No, no, so, the, the, so um, you know, remaining anabolic, this anti-catabolic effect of them mm-hmm. is probably the main function, but there's another secondary function of anti-fatigue. So, um, you know, during training, um, you're going to be um, obviously experiencing some fatigue, right? And another amino acid, tryptophan, which we might talk about... Um, actually goes into your brain and gets converted into, um, you know, some of these other neurotransmitters which kind of make you tired, like serotonin. Mm-hmm. You know, serotonin is like a calming um, neurotransmitter. What BCAAs do is actually compete with tryptophan for transport into your brain. Um, and, you know, this competition will slow this um, 
um, this creation of these calming neurotransmitters and um, you know help help with a, a psychological anti-fatigue effect. Um, obviously, you know this this is just more theoretical than something that's um, you know extensively proven because you know fatigue is something that's quite hard to prove in like a lab setting. Um, you know, because it's subjective, it depends on your sleep, depends on so many things. But, um, you know, this is this is one of the reasons, um, you know, um, why a lot of people do supplement with the PCAs. And it's one of the reasons why I do in particular. Well, we've touched on we've touched on the effects of, of, of the body and we just touched on the effects that it can have in the brain as well. And there's more and more research in recent times linking the brain to the body for sports performance mm. and amino acids there are certain amino acids that have um, functions for mental clarity and focus and all these other things brain related as well. Hmm. So it's not just about the performance of your body. They can actually help improve the performance of the mind. Yeah. So when I say amino acids are life, they're not just what you're made out of. Your mm -hmm. thoughts are made out of amino acids, you know, because your neurotransmitters are made out of amino acids, you know, dopamine, serotonin, um, norepinephrine, all these things uh, derived from amino acids. Mm -hmm. What are some of the key amino acids for, for the brain? for focus and clarity and um three in particular are phenylalanine tryptophan and tyrosine mm -hmm. um didn't really want to go down the the route of you know specifically talking about each amino acid today because you know what's more important is not not memorizing what each amino acid does but ra rather you know true uh, true knowledge is understanding the underlying concepts behind them and you know figuring out where they can fit in so the reason i asked that question is there's a lot of um pre-workouts out there on the market that are heavily caffeine based yeah and you're relying on a big caffeine hit to get stimulation for a workout mm. what i would personally recommend is look for a good functional pre-workout that includes amino acids like your branch chain amino acids to, to stop muscle tissue breakdown and remain anabolic but also some core amino acids to help with that um the focus and the mind and the mind muscle connection and things like that as well so look for good functional formulas as opposed to just heavy caffeine reliant yeah. I mean, caffeine's great. Yeah, ca but, ca um, caffeine's um, super effective at sports performance. So when I was formulating this Masashi pre-workout, um, the first thing, the first ingredient on my list was tyrosine, right? Yes. So um, why? When you, when you have this caffeine hit, obviously you know you're basically dumping all these neurotransmitters and creating this you know excitation in your body. But um, you know you can often you hear of people getting a caffeine crash because you're kind of flat, you know. Mm -hmm. So what tyrosine is is a precursor to some of these other amino acids like dopamine, for example, which, um, you know, makes you feel less flat and, you know, making sure you have enough fuel to utilize the caffeine, which is, you know, think of caffeine like, um, you know, like a NOS tank in your car. Everybody's watch Fast and Furious, but, you know, if you've got no, no petrol, it's not going to be no good, <laughs> not going to be any good. So, <laughs> well, um, can you, can you over ingest amino acids is more better well, you can over ingest anything, so yep. uh, more isn't necessarily better. And also, you know, uh, you need to make sure that you get all of these essential amino acids. So specifically focusing on BCAAs, for example, might, um, you know, might throw out the ratio in your body. Um, I mean, not throw out the ratio in your body because that's quite regulated, but, um, you know, you can, um, you can overdose on amino acids because, you know, there's, m there's a lot of destinations for amino acids in your body and... Uh, you know, um, liver, kidney, all of these things are used in the metabolism of different amino acids. And, in you know, phenylalanine, for example, um, you know, some people are quite sensitive to this. And, you know, you see these warnings on pack warning this contains phenylalanine. Um, because, 
you know, phenylalanine, some people lack the ability to process it. So, you know, everybody's different. And, um, you know, some, some people can have plenty of amino acids, um, supplementary form, but, you know, some people um, are a bit more sensitive to that. Do you use amino acids around training time? Yeah. So I use quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I use Masashi um, intra workout. Mm-hmm. That's all the essential amino acids, EAAs? It's not all of them. It doesn't include cysteine, which is. Um, except one. Yeah. Which doesn't. Which for, for a spe- specific reason that cysteine actually competes with some of these other amino acids and mm-hmm. also tastes really bad, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's. In, in particular, I use that, you know, no matter what training session I'm doing. Mm-hmm. During or before and after as well? Um, during and typically straight after. Yep. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I'm, I use before, during, and after. Wow, yeah. All free-form amino acids. I obviously reduce the recommended dosage so that they're spread out before, yeah. during, and after, and then sort of half an hour after my training, half, half an hour after my amino acids, I'll have a protein shake. Yeah. That's the only time I use supplements, though. I Around training time, the rest of the day, normal foods, but when I don't use them, I notice it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I'm training first thing in the morning, sorry. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's a bit different for me, like, because um, I'm training in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So um, I have, uh, well, in the evening, so I have a protein shake maybe an hour or two before the gym. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't really supplement before because, yep. um, you know, it should be sufficient and, you know, it gives me enough time to digest it. So I'm not really full. You know, I tell you, I, I really can't handle like food in my stomach when I'm training. Um, but then, you know, sipping on amino acids also has this other benefit that it makes you drink more water. So it keeps you hydrated as well. Because it's tasty, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it literally causes you to drink more water. Well, it does. Definitely. You do yeah. forget about, um, a lot of people do forget about intake of fluids while they're training or in a game or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, but if you're focused on getting your amino acids in, you're, um, killing two birds with one stone. Exactly. And you know, some of the other old school, well, not even old school, these other sports drinks, you know, um, these isotonic drinks, um, some of them are basically sugar and salt. You know, at the end of the day, that's literally what they are. Yeah. And, you know, but it's causing you to drink more water because they're tasty. So, you know. That's it. So Just yeah. brush your teeth after you use those ones. They'll rot your teeth away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about glutamine? I asked before. It's yeah. a, it's a favorite. Um, I use glutamine as, a, as an independent product. I buy it and I add it to pre, during and post as well. Um, obviously smaller amounts. I'm not using full dosages in, in each of those times. But talk about glutamine. It's the most abundant amino acid in the body. Yeah, so, you know, it's the most abundant amino acid in, in your body. Wow. There's an echo in here. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, you're ma- out of everything, you're mainly glutamine. So um, it, it does have a, quite a large number of functions in your body. So, um, you know, it's it's been linked to protein synthesis, but... Um, not to the same extent as something like leucine, you know. Um, during um, um, exercise, you actually utilize glutamine for um, a few other functions in your body. So, um, you know, they've noticed that glutamine rapidly declines during um, during exercise. So, exercise. So, this is why a lot of people supplement with it. Um, another thing is that glutamine is critically important for your immune system. So. Um, Immunity and exercise are actually intimately related, you know, um, without getting into it on this um, podcast. Maybe we'll talk, talk about it in the future, but glutamine is critically important for that. Also for your intestines, right? So your gut bacteria utilize glutamine as a key nutrient, very important. And, um, you know, that's probably where glutamine has most of its effects. You know, most of its benefits are actually for your, um, your, your, your gut health and your um, intestinal fortitude. 
And the importance of gut health for athletes is super important because you, you need your gut to yeah. be working efficiently so it's absorbing all the nutrients from food. and Exactly. So yeah. um, you, your, your protein intake could be enough yeah. for you, but if you've got poor gut health, you might not be utilizing. Exactly. But a lot of protein shakes do have uh, are a pretty good source of glutamine. So you know, timing glutamine around your training isn't super important as much as um, the BCAs, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there are some benefits. Obviously, I mentioned it. Your glutamine drops quite rapidly during training. Mm. Um, and, and amino acids supplementation. Can anyone use it? it? Yeah, anyone can use it. But you know, one one of the reasons with glutamine is um, you know it's good to have typically around five grams of glutamine supplemented per day but um if you have too much glutamine mm-hmm. you know your body actually regulates this glutamine is not considered an essential amino acid it's actually a conditionally essential amino acid depends on a few other conditions but um with glutamine if you have too much there's actually this process in your body called gluconeogenesis right so your body can actually convert glutamine into glucose right and you can rapidly use glutamine as a fuel source um because glucose you know is a one of the um, you know key fuel sources of your body. You know, think of how um, you know glycogen gets converted to glucose. Glutamine can also efficiently be converted to glucose through another um, method. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're taking too much glutamine, you typically it's going to typically be something similar to supplementing with sugar with glucose. Right. Yeah. But um, so what are you recommending? How it's much? different. It's different for different people. But you know, five grams a day is typically a good dose for of glutamine. Shit, I better lower my dose. <laughs> well, I'm probably, I'm probably yeah. having about 10, 15 grams a day. Maybe that's, that's why I'm so fat. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> more abs than me. <laughs> so um, wide range of health benefits outside of sports performance for amino acids as well. Yep. Run us through a few. You uh, don't have to detail them or anything like that, but it's not just sports performance. You yeah. said they're life. They are life. So, um, you know, some of the interesting other benefits... Um, you know, your neurotransmitters, right? So, uh, where was this? I had it somewhere else written over here. Just want to make sure I'm saying the right things, you know? You'll uh, get grilled if you don't. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, y- your neurotransmitters, which we kind of touched on, is, um, you know, it's very important. Your, your mood balance depends also on amino acids. You know, there's that old um, um, myth that, you know, if you have turkey, turkey makes you feel sleepy, right? Because of the tryptophan, is it? Exactly. So, the tryptophan... Um, actually gets converted to serotonin, much like the fatigue effect, which you talk about with BCAs and exercise. And that's why turkey makes you feel sleepy. Yes. But actually, that's... Yeah, you never heard this I've myth? I've never heard that before. Oh, it's, it's, it's come from the Americans. They have their... What, when do they have Na- their thanks, turkey? Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, but they also eat about 100 kilos of food on the same day. It's probably why they're feeling sleepy. Exactly. But, you know, it's actually kind of been dispelled, this myth, because turkey's not particularly high in tryptophan compared to chicken, for example. So, like, <laughs> it's... Um, it's so, does, would chicken make you sleepy, then? The, the um, no. levels of tryptophan yeah. in chicken not high enough to make you sleepy, are they? No, no, no. Um, they, they won't. But, no. um, you know, it's it's all about balance, but having the right amount of neurotransmitters. And I think we talked about it on, like, the mental health episode previously. You know, um, having sufficient protein is going to, you know, make sure you have sufficient neurotransmitter um, stores. And, you know, even some of the other neurotransmitters themselves are amino acids, non-protein amino acids, like... Um, I guess gamma, um, GABA, GABA, gamma amino butyric acid. It's well, kind of like an amino acid. Yeah. Mm. Any questions from you, Hal? Simple questions. Most of this is going way over my head. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what, what amino acids would help you sleep then? 
Um, so actually, um, oh, we've got a product called Nighttime Aminos. We do, we do. So the m- the most effective amino acid in supplemental form is actually something called glycine, which is the most simple amino acid. You know, um, we talked about branch chain amino, ac- amino acids, where the R group is, you know, this complicated branch. Glycine is the, the most simplest chemical structure, and the R group is actually just one hydrogen. So it's like a, well, mm. I don't know if, if this makes sense, but it's like a baby molecule, you know, it's like the baby amino acid. Science. Yeah. Yes. So yes. amino acids can help to, um, to calm you as well. Exactly. So, um, you know, they are the precursors to your neurotransmitters. So, you know, having glycine, having tryptophan, having BCAAs, um, all of this is going to help with your neurotransmitter balance. As long as you're having the right amino acids mm-hmm. before bed <laughs> trying to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. you can get amino acids that can wake you up, make you more alert as well. Yeah, just uh, like tyrosine, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, what, what's cool about amino acids is your body actually regulates a lot of the functions in your body. Yeah. So in, what's going on in your body, right? So, you know, supplementing with amino acids your body has different destinations for these things. And, you know, amino acid metabolism is a very complicated topic, right? Mm. We could talk about it for hours. You could. What? I thought we, had, <laughs> I thought we, had, thought we were having fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are. This is interesting. Yeah, so um, so on this topic of neurotransmitters, you know, um, there's another non-protein amino acid called 5-hydroxytryptophan, right? 5-HTP. It's a very popular thing. Oh, Joe Rogan spoke about this. In, oh, what did he say? Stand-up. It's when would you digest? Oh, I might be thinking something. Else. No, eleven hydroxide is what he's talking about. You're talking about DMT. Yes. <laughs> we might not <laughs> touch on that in this podcast. Different thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, was, I was only six hydroxide, whatever it is. Off. Yeah. He has spoken about it though. I think. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so tryptophan gets converted into five HTP, then five HTP gets converted into serotonin, right? Yep. So five um, HTP is a really cool thing, and you know. Um, since Hal brought, uh, brought oh, up the yeah. topic, I heard about this one too. He brought right? up the topic of drugs, right? So a lot of people that are on drugs screw up their um, their brain because you know you're going through this neurotransmitter dump, like caffeine, times ten basically, right? So if you're on amphetamines, if you're on like all these other things, that's wh- that's where people get all these you know um, neurotransmitter imbalances, and that's where you know it might look like they've got a screw loose or two. So, Dude, I'm right here. Sorry, sorry. But, you know, uh, Hal and, um, you know, his other um, uni mates, so when they go out, uh, maybe not Hal, that's a good boy. But, um, I'm a good boy. You know, when you're doing all these drugs and things and, you know, <laughs> controversial topics. Disclaimer, Hal is not on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, people feel flat, or the, you know, so some people supplement with 5-HTP because um, some people are kind of aware of this and... Uh, it kind of provides some balance back to your neurotransmitters. Is that, is that mostly for serotonin? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. typically. And, and dopamine? Yeah. yeah. Um, but 5-HTP is particularly important for serotonin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, serotonin is known as the happy chemical, right? Yeah. It's what, what makes you feel happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to quickly touch on arginine. Yep. Um, widely used in pre-workouts. Yes. Why? So um, it's got a different sort of function to what we've spoken about so far. Exactly. So arginine is a non-essential amino acid, right? So yep. your body can actually make arginine. So um, can it make enough though for an athlete? Well, so um, there's something in your body called the nitric oxide pathway, right? So this is quite um, important in vasodilation. Vasodilation is you know the increasing width of your um, your blood vessels, right? Mm-hmm. Athletes think this is quite important because, you know, more blood flow, 
more nutrient delivery to your muscles. Mm -hmm. So vasodilation. Also, you know, when it comes to bodybuilding, the pump. Mm -hmm. You know, some people love the pump, you know. They love the pump because it makes them feel bigger, but the pump is actually a higher nutrient delivery to the muscle. Why is that important? Exactly. And, you know, if you listen to the last podcast when we talked about, uh, um, you know, creating metabolic stress, this is going to play uh, a role in that, you know, mm -hmm. because um, you know, more nutrients, more uh, metabolism, more metabolic stress, right? But um, arginine in particular, um, it's associated with nitric oxide and vasodilation, but it's not very effective. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you consume arginine, arginine, you actually have enzymes in your stomach called arginases, which specifically break down arginine. So even if you're supplementing with arginine, it's not going to reach your, blood, your bloodstream because, you know, in, in particular, arginine has these enzymes that chop it up. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, you have proteases which chop up proteins. There's specific enzymes in your stomach which metabolize arginine. So it's actually supplementing with arginine is actually a poor way of increasing your arginine. You know, arginine has this important role when it comes to this nitric oxide urea um, pathway in your body. Um, so what would you use? So um, the other um, non-protein amino acids related to arginine are something called ornithine and citrulline. Oh, those two are in our pre-workout as well. Interesting. <laughs> Sounds Interesting. like an infomercial again. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, citrulline and, and ornithine are able to, you know, stimulate this nitric oxide pathway and also increase your arginine levels because... There's no specific enzymes in your stomach to break down citrulline, you know? Um, so, yeah. So you'd much prefer to use ornithine and citrulline? C citrulline is probably, yeah, the best okay. uh, when it comes to this. Um, you know, there are other forms of arginine where it's attached to, you know, another molecule that kind of prevents this enzyme from chopping it up. Um, you know, um, there's, there's a few different forms of arginine out there. And, you know... Um, maybe we can touch on this in a bit, but you know, like arginine alpha, keto, alpha ketoglutarate, for example, you know, um, it's kind of thought that this alpha ketoglutarate attached to an arginine kind of reduces the amount of arginase activity, um, chopping it up. So, um, you know, we talk about amino acids, but there are many like forms of amino acids, right? You know, like, um, have you heard of L? Yeah, that's a question I was going to ask. A lot of, we get this commonly is... Is glutamine the same as L-glutamine? Is you know what I mean? It, yeah. what, what is what does the L represent? So you know, L-glutamine, L-arginine, L-leucine, L-isoleucine. So um, L just refers to um, the, um, um, the the this is, this is Diren's brain trying to break it down from a scientific answer into a dumb person's answer. The orientation, right, <laughs> okay. of, of this molecule, right? You know, because it's got all these little little pieces stuck together. You know, we talked about the amino group the carboxylic acid group, this R group, and another like hydrogen. So, you know, these can actually configure in different ways. There's two main ways. Left um, right? Yeah, left and right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. L, L doesn't stand for left though. Oh. It's, oh. <laughs> it's, 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 it stands for lever rotary, right? So it's, oh, it, it's, it's how it's related to, you know, there's a, uh, a reference molecule called, uh, I think it's glycerol. Uh, man, I can't believe I don't know this. Stuff. It might be glycerol, glycerol glyceraldehyde um but um so there's two typically two forms of amino of these amino acids l and d mm -hmm. right and how they relate in structure to this you know um how they rotate and you know they're mirror images so they're not the same the configuration is quite different typically um do you just like when you're doodling on a pad yeah. like if, if you're in a meeting or whatever and you're just drawing on a pad are you drawing like configurations of amino acids 
I used to. I used to do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> uh, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd well, be a great party game. I think next time you have people over at your house. Well, I, can like, anyone draw? <laughs> Imagine him playing Pictionary. Like, yeah. It's clearly glue to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like so. So to know how amino acids work, you kind of have to know the structure of them, right? So two words. Hexagon. But yeah, you know, in the mastermind club, you asked me if I was counting it. I was because you know I just pictured the um, the structure of it and then count. Okay, six carbons, yeah. isoleucine, right? Um, but yeah, so L and D, they're not interchangeable. Um, you know, in, in nature, there's typically, you know, this racemic 50-50 mi- mixture in a lot of things, but in supplemental form, and we typically use the L form. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, you know, that's typically how it's found in protein, in right. food, you know, okay. in nature. So um, that's why it's the preferred form. And the D form can actually have different effects on you. Um, yeah. So L, L is sometimes left off, you know, sometimes we call it, because L is so, you know, prevalent as the main source when it comes to um, food sources, we typically ignore D because, um, you know, L-glutamine is just glutamine. We never talk about D-glutamine, you know, for example. And, um, you know, L-leucine, L-isoleucine, sometimes we just leave off the L and it's leucine, isoleucine, valine. Um, that's actually the old school way of um, of naming these. You know, R and S is typically the new way of talking about chiral compounds in chemistry. But anyway, <laughs> nice for, for <laughs> anyone that's lost in this podcast, <laughs> um, you're not the only one, yeah. but it, it's, it's good information. There's little nuggets here that are, that are really crucial, but we've taken the guesswork out of, out of all this for you with our products. Yeah. So Deeran has formulated our pre-workout, our intra workout, our nighttime aminos, all of our amino products. Um, yeah. The guesswork's been taken out. They're, they're a combination of amino acids that are important for, to have, yeah. Pre a workout or during a workout, so specifically, yeah. So, but you can jump on our website and have a look, and you can get some more information um, on the products that have amino acids in them, and and we how do they sell we do sell some amino acids individually, like glutamine, BCAAs. Yep. You know, we have BCA caps, and um, and you know, peop- some people um, like to experiment with different amino acids and different things. You know, even beta alanine, mm-hmm. it's a non-protein amino acid, but it's it's quite important. Beta alanine, I think, I, I think I've said it on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. the most underrated sports supplement on the market. It's probably because people don't understand it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, so good. Um, you know, uh, let's talk about beta alanine. So, um, we should. It's, it's really cool. And a lot of people don't know about it. And it, and, and it can be used by anyone, everyone. Yeah. So for beta alanine to actually work, you know, <laughs> funny story, Hal took some beta alanine <laughs> and he, he didn't really know about it, but it gives you a bit of a, a side effect the tingles. called paresthesia. How much did you use, Hal? Well, it says recommended on a thing, have a quarter of a teaspoon. One yeah, po- 1.2 one one point 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 grams. Yeah. yeah, I had a whole teaspoon Yeah, and I added it to a protein shake and wow. usually I'll sip it, but I just scald it down and my whole face was just yeah. tingling, pins so and needles. Those so effects do go away after time, after a few weeks of usage. Mm. Um yeah, it's basically for your, all people. your extremities, like your fingers and your lips, tend to feel a little tingling. Heighten, heightens your nerve endings as well. Exactly. What, what's the main function of beta alanine? Like, what does it do for you for a sports performance? So, um, I think in the last episode, we kind of talked about how muscles work. You know, mm-hmm. lactic acid has an important role um, in, in muscle function. Um, beta alanine actually um, combines with another amino acid, an essential amino acid called histidine, right? Heard about histidine? I have. It was one of the answers in Mastermind. Did you get it right? Yeah. 
Good. So uh, <laughs> you can talk about it then. Go on. You only with got hormones wrong. It's the amino acid with the imidazole side chain group. Come on. I knew that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> of course. Um, anyway, um, histidine combines with beta alanine to form this thing called carnosine. Carnosine, Carn- not to be confused with carnitine. You said that last in the episode. Exactly. Uh, there a lot of people get it confused. Yeah. So, yeah, so carnosine is its own thing. And it's actually called a dipeptide, right? Because it's made out of two amino acids. Mm-hmm. Um, but although, you know, beta alanine is not a typical protein amino acid, it can still combine with other amino acids to do stuff, right? So histidine plus beta alanine causes this thing called carnosine. So increasing your muscle carnosine actually acts as a lactic acid buffer. How does it do that? Um, it has to do with hydrogen ions. Uh, I don't so know if you want to really go into the chemistry of this, but you know, acidity, uh, lactic acid, lactate. Um, um, so acidity is related to the concentration of hydrogen ions in your muscle. So the more hydrogen ions in your muscle, the more acidic or the lower the pH in the muscle, yep. that's not performing at its optimum potential. Yeah, Any, anything that's more acidic, Whenever people talk about acidity, it's a concentration of hydrogen ions or hydronium ions, but to be specific. So how does carnosine work? It acts as like a buffer to stop those hydrogen ions affecting the pH levels of the muscle? Exactly. Right. Um, I don't know if you want to go into more detail than that, but yeah, basically no. it's, it's a buffer. It's an acid buffer. Right? So it's allowing your muscle to perform at a more optimal level for a longer period of time. Yeah. So um, lactic acid is important for muscle function, right? Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it's also a waste product that causes, uh, that can impair muscle contraction and muscle function and make you feel, you know, um, sluggish. You know, because your muscles aren't contracting as efficiently as they were before. By having sufficient carnosine in your muscle, is going to buffer this and help you perform at a, a, a better rate for a bit, a bit longer. So, beta alanine for anyone: endurance athletes, strength athletes. Yeah. Before or after? It, it's typically. Timing in beta alanine is not as important. Typically, no. it's found in pre-workout, um, pre-workouts because it is important during exercise, but it actually takes a little bit of time for your body to build up this level of beta alanine. And what is it? It's like two to three weeks or something, they say. Um, it's different for different people. You know, yeah, Some right. people are getting you know, um, sufficient um, amino acids and things from their food, so mm-hmm. um, you know, some people might already have a good base of um, you know, beta alanine and carnosine. And there's a lot of um, studies and research that shows when used in conjunction with creatine, yeah. it can even increase yeah. e- effectiveness. Exactly. So creatine, um, it looks like an amino acid, but creatine is not an amino acid. It does have like an amine groups and stuff. But um, um, I guess nobody's really looking at the chemical structure. But, um, you know, creatine is more important in your energy systems. You know, this phosphagen um, ATP energy um, pathway, which is, you know, I think we talked about it last time, you know, shifting through the gears. L- lactic acid is very important when it comes <coughs> to anaerobic activity. You know, Hal just asked when, what exercises is this important for? You know, and anything anaerobic, anything in that, you know, um, you know, between ten seconds and two minutes of activity. Yep. So typically, most spots, you know, where you you run, you start short you run. bursts. Exactly. Yep. Um, Basketball, crea- soccer, crea- footy. Creatine is more important for you know those less than ten second bursts of activity. So mm. combining them as you shift through gears, you know, um, because you know it's, you don't just stop one and start the other one. You know, you using different energy systems through different types of exercise, but yeah. Right. Is there any other things that you wanted to cover off? You've got about 47 pages of notes there. and um, it's like my collection now. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I've asked all the sort of the questions that I wanted to ask, the simple questions. Is there anything else important that we should know? Um, uh, not really. <laughs> well, we've covered, covered off the essentials anyway, and I think if we go any deeper, everyone's going to get confused, but... Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe a quick overview. Of Can you tell your story of the um, how we made from stars though? Oh, that's a pretty cool story. It is. But, um, yeah. So maybe for another podcast, or you got? We oh, got we time? can. We can. It's not really amino acids, but you know, um, uh, it's, it's more sort of related. Yeah. We talked about meteors earlier on, and well, you know, I know I said amino acids are life, but really, life, we are just made out of stardust. <sighs> Do you know this? So sort of. So amino acids are you know made out of chemicals, right? Chemical elements. So although they're very small things which we can't see without you know eyes, basically. Um, you can't even see an amino acid in a microscope, right? It's that small. So um, these amino acids are made out of chemical elements, you know, um, carbon, hydrogen, a few other things, you know, some of them have um, sulfur and ox well, all of them have oxygen. Um, so on the periodic table, um, so um, if you look, you know, hydrogen, helium, lithium, beryllium, all, all the way down to... Uh, <laughs> Durin, I, can keep, I can keep going. But, uh, Duran's wallpaper at home is the periodic tape. <laughs> it, it's actually my mouse. And his bed sheet and his <laughs> pillow and everything. Yeah, uh, I don't want to flex, but I can name quite a, quite a bit. Of, <laughs> but anyway, um, so to go, so hydrogen, helium, the first two on the periodic table, right? To go from hydrogen to helium requires a lot of energy, heaps of energy, so much energy that, um, you know, these temperatures are only really seen on the surface of the sun. So, you know, there's this conversion from hydrogen to helium. That's literally what's going on, on on the sun. It's just burning hydrogen into into helium, right? To go from helium, um, as you go down the, the periodic table, the helium, lithium, beryllium, boron kind of thing, it requires more energy to go to from one to the next one, right? So, um, you know, we can't really create, replicate a lot of this on Earth. on Earth. We don't have, not even the technology, but, you know, it's just something that's not really um, as as feasible as it sounds, you know? It requires immense amounts of energy and, and heat. So, you know, um, going all the way down to, um, you know, element number 26, iron, right? Um, that's like the core of the sun. As it gets hotter, 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 right? The, the, the core of the sun is made out of iron. Now, um, there's something in space called a supernova, right? Mm -hmm. So as a star um, approaches the end of its life, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter and bigger and bigger. And... Um, it expands much, much bigger than what our sun is, you know, so big that it'll engulf the earth, right, from where the sun is in, in relation. So um, it gets so big and so hot that um, its gravity is too much to handle and actually collapses on its own gravity. But immediately before this, right, it creates these conditions that are so hot that it creates all these other elements on the, on the um, periodic table, you know, like um, some of these can only exist for like a very short period of time and blah, blah, blah. So it creates... Like an like um it, it creates these layers like a like layers of an onion right it's getting so hot so hot so hot until it eventually explodes and I guess you've seen kind is, of is each layer a different element yeah so right. um I guess you've seen like um um you know a nebula so a nebula is basically this colorful space cloud right um each each element on the periodic table reacts with light quite differently this is something called spectroscopy and this is how we can tell elements apart from the interaction of light. So that's why they appear as different colors. So each color is basically a different element in the space cloud. Right. Right. And over, you know, billions of years, these space clouds, you know, and the interaction of gravity and blah, 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 uh, they, they interact with each other to form, you know, um, to form planets at the end of the day, you know. And, you know, basically every single element on Earth came from the... A supernova. Um, 
a, super, a nebula, basically, right. you know, over over the course of billions and billions of years, uh, trillions of years, right? Um, no, billions of years. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say trillions <laughs> of years. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, all the elements in all these amino acids, all the all the elements, you know, we know to exist came from this, right? So even you and me are literally from this, right? And um, so we're literally made out of of stardust you know amino acids are life but you know life yeah. is from stardust hell must have been a giant star yeah yeah pretty pretty <laughs> poetic stuff <laughs> let's yeah. kick into some sporting topics <laughs> that, was, uh, Far out. that was pretty deep finally yeah. something we'll actually understand wow i recommend made that whole last hour off and i would not guess what <laughs> he did i did <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that up <laughs> Sporting topics, how? What have we got? Let's <laughs> kick into them. That was a pretty cool podcast. I think people should. Um, I didn't expect to get that deep. Yeah, people should probably listen to this when they've got a bit of time to mm. sort of soak it in and maybe listen to it two or three times over. Get some notes down. Yeah, write some notes down. But yeah, like I said, Masashi's taking care of all the uh, amino acid thoughts for you. And there you go. We're made from stardust. Lovely. You know, we're all made from stardust and, you know, all this stupid, stupid bickering going on in the world. Exactly. What a great time. We're all made of the same elements mm. and the same thing. We're all the same shit. We are. We're all <laughs> stardust. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Nice. Yeah. Um, what have we got, Hal? What's happening, Hal? Uh, we've had some big news in football in the last uh, few days. First of all, with Liverpool winning uh, their first uh, Premier League championship. Can't roll my eyes enough as a Man United fan. I know. Well, it was inevitable. It was. Before, the, before COVID hit, they were, they were on track to take it anyway. So Great team. I loved some of their players, you know, Sadio Mane, Virgil van Dijk. Cool, cool dudes. What about um, Brighton taking out... Um, Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah. The other week. Yeah. Uh, boy, Matty Ryan having a cracking oh, he's game. He's playing fantastic. Killer, killer saves. He, he did make one mistake in that other game. Uh, where he, did he, I don't know if you saw that. He uh, tried to throw it. Uh, and he, then, <laughs> he posted it. Yeah. Did you see what he posted, why he posted it? How, how, to get, how to get your speed up. What did he do? On FIFA. He, he tried to throw it, but he missed through it. And he almost threw it to the opposition player. Then he oh, sprinted really? and kind of made a save. Yeah. Oh, no. It was all good. Yeah. It, was, it was all good in the end. But yeah, Liverpool, they made it. Um, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a fan. <laughs> let's, let's go straight past that okay. one. What else we got? Um, it's been announced that uh, Australia and New Zealand will host the 2023 um, Women's World Cup. So excited for What this. sport? Soccer. Football. Oh, okay. Yeah. So good. Huge. Yeah. So good. I think the women's team um, demand just as much um, notoriety and, and media attention and everything as the men's team. Yeah. So that, that is big news. Big, there's going to be some big crowds and mm. it's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Wish the girls best of luck. They'll kill it. They'll, they'll win the thing. I'm, Easy. I'm so excited. Well, I know. Some, some, some good teams out there. You know? Come on, man. Home, ground, home t- um, country advantage. Yeah. It's you know, ours. New Zealand will do all right. <laughs> like I said, I'm a big fan of women's sports, so I think we should get behind them and support them. And yeah, we'll have a couple cool. games in Sydney. Yeah. Nice, we should mm-hmm. get out to something. For sure. that. Even mm-hmm. in Auckland, I hope, yeah. 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 yeah so. If we're allowed to travel back overseas. By 2023, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, should be by then. <laughs> yeah. How cool was the reaction when they announced it? You know, so much hard work goes into these birds. Oh, There's I know. Great photos of them yeah. all celebrating in that office. Yeah. And but, you know, well, it's a big advantage. Mm. It's a big advantage for them to be uh, in their home country, still be able to just live at home or whatever, or be see their family and train in the environment that they're going to play in it's it's pretty big and it's the thing about women's football is it's still like more like pure than you know men's football is kind of tainted and corrupted by you know like some of these players like multi-million dollar deals mm. then you know you've got like this last world cup being awarded to qatar 
which is under investigation, you know, Qatar mm. with no professional team, 40 degree heat. I know. I know investigative um, <laughs> journalist, but... Conspiracy theory. Something sounds dodgy to me. And, I'm, you know, how many people in FIFA have been arrested for corruption charges? So... It is. Women's sport is far more pure and they're it's playing so for the love of the game. But hey, 100%. reward them with some... They need They need the money. They, they deserve do. the money too. You know, it's just as so much passion, just as so much physical, just as so much technical, just as so much uh, mental. Any any brands out there, jump on board. Women's women's um, sports. Yeah. Support them. Agreed. That's how, they're, that's how they're making their money through endorsements. Mm-hmm. What else is happening, Hal? Uh, moving from football to rugby... Uh, Victorian footy fans have been told for both the AFL and the NRL they won't be allowed in stadiums in New South Wales if you're from Victoria. Um, so any fan uh, who wants to attend a game played in New South Wales have to show their ID to mm-hmm. show that they're not from Victoria. Wow. Why? Because what's going on with COVID yeah. in Victoria? Yeah. yeah. Crazy, crazy times. How does it just blow up like that again? Yeah. Um, who knows you know oh it's a variety of different a lot of a lot of reasons but yeah i was lucky enough to go to the last storm game storm vs warriors and you know it was an empty stadium cool experience corporate box corporate box you know no booze because you know no food service during um covid oh i didn't tell you that yeah. no yeah so it was well that's a good thing for you yeah i know so i behaved well but it was it was cool and um you know victorian footy fans they're gonna be missing out because i'm cool Cool stuff remaining in the season. I can I can imagine. You know, the Storm Storm are <coughs> looking pretty good at the moment. They are. They won fifty to six on the weekend, but they're having to relocate up to um, Queensland. Yeah. For a while, anyway, because of what's going on down in Victoria. Being from Auckland, I'm actually a Warriors fan, so you know, it was a, it was a bit of sweet. Well, some there's some interesting news. I don't know if it's one of your topics, Hal, or not, but there was some interesting news that came out of the end of that game. Um, the Warriors have obviously recently lost their coach. Yep. Um, they seem a little bit down in the dumps and possibly not playing to their full potential, yeah. which is understandable. They're, they're stuck here in Australia. They're not able to see their family. Just lost they're, 50 to 6, you know. It's they are based up in God's country at uh, Terrigal on the Central Coast, so um, <laughs> they should be uh, enjoying life. Are we both Warriors fans now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Warriors fan. I love the, the Warriors. <laughs> but um, after, the, after the game, um, Craig Bellamy and, and Cam Smith and Ryan Hoffman yeah. Ryan, Ryan Hoffman, obviously a former Warrior, now um, back at the Storm. Yep. I think there's a few um, Storm former Warriors, a few players that played with both teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they went went down to the Warriors dressing sheds after the game and, and we don't know what was said, but... Some pas- passionate words it looked like. Passionate words, uplifting words, bit of support. And that, that's so good to see from, yeah. a, from a rival club. Um, and some experienced heads in the game, like yeah. Cam Smith, so respect, well respected by fellow players, and Craig Bellamy, the best coach ever. Yeah, and I got I got goosebumps, you know, watching that speech, and I don't even know what they were saying. No, Stephen Kearney, obviously the Warriors coach, was a former Storm player as well. So you know, yeah, uh, intimate connection between those two teams. I think it's good, and and I think rivalry rivalry is great, but in these times and this current climate, I think the yeah. guys are just. Sacrificing so they much need to for come the game. together. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Come together and for the benefit of the game and the fans. And you don't want to see a, a team that's just lost their coach and based in a different country to what they're based. You don't want to see them repeatedly put in bad performances. So hopefully, whatever was said, the, the um, Warriors bounce back bigger and better than ever. Yeah. Next, next week. I hope so. What, I hope so. Yeah. What else you got, Hal? Uh, last one in terms of USC, there was a pretty um, bloody long match uh, over the weekend, I believe, between. Dustin uh, Poirier, Poirier, Poirier 
and uh, Dan Hooker. Speaking of Warriors, man, how crazy was that? Both Warriors. I've never seen such a crazy fight for a long time. Dan Hooker has one of the best chins I've ever seen in my life. Like, they both landed their fair share of shots. Dustin was landing the harder, the harder shots. Um, well, a, round, rounds one and two, Hooker just looks so good. You know? vo- their volume, the volume of strikes, yeah. some grappling exchanges. That fight had everything that you'd want from a fight. Yeah. Stand-up war, great grappling exchanges, some submission attempts. But those two... Yeah. Respect Some and Dan knees, Hooker knees to the face, all of it. <laughs> Dan Hooker to go from Paul Felder fight, fight of the night, fight of the century, and <laughs> then come into this Dustin Poirier fight and put on pretty much the same performance. Man, yeah, mad respect. Did NZ proud on the on the world stage as well? Yeah. He did New Zealand proud for sure. Yeah, definitely. Who, who won? Dustin Poirier. Yep. He's yeah. ranked ranked a little bit higher and, and just um just had a title shot. Yeah. He, he he basically won the last three rounds. I think Hooker won yeah. the first two and then I think Dustin's cardio was yeah. slightly I think, better. I think that's what edged it out, cardio, you know. Maybe I don't wanna, you know, um, throw my theories out there, but you know, Peter Allen could have could have helped. <laughs> no, I could have a little bit, you know. It, it looked like, you know, some lactic acid build up. I don't know anything. I don't know about strength and conditioning, what these guys are going through, so 25 minutes of um, yeah. with that volume is just insane. Anyone yeah. would guess. I, I never want to criticize a UFC fighter. You know, what do I know? But did you <laughs> see um, from the co-main event, Mike Perry, oh, yeah. Platinum Mike Perry, ditched, God's gift. ditched his team, basically did this training, put this training camp together without a team, just himself, and uh, had his girlfriend, his new girlfriend in the corner. Only her in the corner. <laughs> so it was funny watching the footage like prior to the fight. Yeah. They're showing him in, warming up in the change rooms and his, his girlfriend, his young young girl, holding the pads. I had no idea. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, where, there was no team? advice in between rounds. But he, he, he ended up winning. He, he's, he's a killer. He did yeah. well. Where was his team? He, I think he ditched them because of um, he, he felt like he wasn't getting the support, the individual support that he needed. Yeah. They take a percentage of your, of your pay. Yeah. Um, and so, he's, yeah, he's looking for a new team. But looking yeah. for a new team. Mm. Is that it for sports? That is it for sports news. We got a, uh, here we go. Famous athlete quote. Yeah, if I don't get this one, I haven't got one yet. This one's got to be mine. You want, okay, famous athlete quote. This is a good one. I've got a bit of an accent for you as well. Oh, an accent. I'd just like to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. (laughs) The double champ does what the fuck he wants. (laughs) There you go. I think we all know who that is. is. Um, Is that... You know, when that quote <laughs> happened, when that, that quote best. happened, obviously it's Conor McGregor. Yeah. But when it when it happened, man, I was just um, I was watching it. And I was like, "Whoa, he's about to turn a page. He's about to apologize." And uh, he he roped me in too. Yeah. And yeah I was lost. Absolutely nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you gave us a nice easy one this time, Hal. The last few have been difficult for me. Yeah. Even even without the accent, we might have got that one. <laughs> yeah, did we have any? Did we, so funny. I think I skipped. Do we have any listener questions this week? Yeah, we've got a couple. Anyone that wants to submit a listener question, do so on Instagram or Facebook or hit us up on our email, podcast at masashi.com. Go for it. What have we got? Uh, Connor Mulcahy says... Oh, uh, speaking of Connor. <laughs> yeah, I know he's... he's um, it sounds, looks like he's got a bit of an Irish last name as well. Yeah. He says, if you don't consume enough protein or other nutrients on any particular day, is it possible to make up for it by consuming more later in the week? It's not a bad question. There's been some days that I've sort of... My protein intake hasn't been there or it might be an, uh, training, a, a day off from training and I think, ah, don't yeah. need as much protein today. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, day by day, everybody's human, you know, some, some days you might not be able to hit what you need to, but, you know, if you think of it as a, okay, even if you break it down to the simplest nutrient, well, nutri- not really nutrient, but the simplest metric of food, calories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you miss your calorie intake on one day, can, you know, look at it on, on the week, weekly picture, right? If you, you don't want to go and gorge yourself the next day to make up for it, but maybe spread those calories out over the next few yeah. days. So as long as your week looks okay, then, you know, if your week looks okay, your month might look okay. So same goes with a lot of other nutrients, you know, mm-hmm. just um, how it fits into the bigger picture. One day is not going to make or break you. I don't think it will either. Yeah. Not sure. if there's a small shortfall. Any other listener no. questions? Lachlan Small asks, um, is it true that you need to consume more calories if you don't get enough sleep? Oh, I I would think it'd be you'd have to watch your calories. If you, you're not getting enough sleep, a lot of other things are going on in your body. Sleep is crucial. Well, when you don't get enough sleep, you tend to overeat. Actually, so um, you do you overeat, but you because there's some hormonal regulation that goes on while you're sleeping. It's going to affect your appetite, and then mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't say you need to get more calories, but um, you're probably going to get more calories because your body's going to be craving this because you know you're going to feel unenergized from not sleeping as much. You got to be careful. Sleep's so crucial. So important. Um, yeah, I would say no. Yeah. Cool. Any other list of no, questions? That's, that's, that's it. All that's we got. it. Sweet. Okay. So I guess um, the last thing is our Miyamoto Masashi quote of the week. Let's hope it's a nice, simple one after this podcast. <laughs> what, yeah. what have we got? So <clears throat> it is difficult. Hang on, hang on. Okay. You got to get in your like your. Yeah. It's got to be uh, like this right. voice. Yes. Should I? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's actually real swords. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have these at the office here. But. It's a uh, okazashi. Oh, <laughs> hold the sword and say the quote. <laughs> You're going to slice his hand off. Oh, please don't. Hey, I wanted to ask you actually before we get into this quote, you're back training, right? Yes. You're back, you're back deadlifting, you're back benching, you're back squatting. What have you done? Have you, are, you, are you going in? I'm sore. I'm super sore. You're super sore. Are you... I'm easing, Crazy, you're easing back, easing into, back into it for Good. sure. You know, something. how's your strength? Uh, I haven't really tested it, but um, you know, I'm doing probably fifty percent one RM mm-hmm. pretty easily. Yep. But the soreness, the recovery, the DOMS is definitely more pronounced than it's been for a long time. Mm. You know, not that I've been inactive during this time. I've been hitting the kettlebells, hitting the sprints. It's just different, you know. Well, you know, that was probably focusing more on. I guess you know, we talked about muscle building in the other podcasts. Mm. Uh, focusing more on. Um, mechanical tension now rather than you know the metabolic stress that I was causing before yeah gyms are a bit different you know social distancing rules yeah what's going on in gyms I don't train at a gym I train at home so what what, what do you have to do in there no yeah, um a few extra t- no cuddling up in the sauna next to you no sauna is closed at the yep. moment but yeah you know you can't you can't cough you know I was drinking my water and kind of <laughs> choked a little bit kicked out no I've like four people turn around thought I was on the voice <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> <Just got that. laughs> but uh yeah so you know yeah. you can't you be sick like, can't be sick at the gym you have to wipe down your equipment a bit more often yeah so you have to wipe it down you know um, you'd have someone doing that for you wouldn't you no no but you know still you still see people without towels and stuff at the gym I'm like disgusting get, get with the program man. Yeah. that's gross it's just courtesy yeah. it's always yeah. been like that yeah well it's yeah. good to s- good to see you back into it yeah so, Miyamoto Masashi quote. Here we go. Oh, with the wakazashi. Sh- put that thing away. <laughs> um, so, it is difficult to realize the true way just through sword fencing. Know the smallest things and the biggest things, the shallowest things and the deepest things. You know, it's important to know. I'm lost. 
anyone else lost. Well, I don't want to say anything. I feel like he's going to use that as a weapon. Yeah, yeah. Did you say to me, huh? <laughs> 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 um, nah, so, um, you know, it's important to know the small things and the big things. You know, we talk about our pyramid of nutrition, macros, um, calories. That's the big things. Mm-hmm. But it's also important to know about the small things. It's true. It's relevant for amino acids, I guess. Amino acids are the smallest things. Well, you know. Some of the small. The smallest things are the chemical elements that make them up. But, you know, well, unless you want to go subatomic. But, um, so what are you trying to do? What are you trying to say? I'm trying to we s- need to delve deeper. Yeah. So you and know, look into things a little bit you more. You want to get big? You got to start small. Know the smallest things and the biggest things, the shallowest things and the deepest things. We went pretty deep today on uh, on Stardust, but you know it all helps your picture of understanding science, life, and the way. Are we ever going to run out of Masashi quotes? How many did this guy just write quotes for like He's fifty got years? Books and books on them. He, he talked in quotes. <laughs> 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 yeah, so you know, but like me. So did, yeah, so does <laughs> Darren. <laughs> oh my god! Put us on the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, beautiful. Thanks. Um, that was a good podcast. That was yeah. interest, super interesting. And um, yeah, I suggest everyone listen to it a couple of times. Try, try my best not to make it boring. So no, you did well, man. Any you questions? Well. I'm sure there's plenty. Send them through. Fire some questions at us. Um, appreciate everyone listening. Hope everyone's well. And we'll see you on the next episode in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Masashi out.